Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Samuel chapter 25 from the World English Bible. Samuel died, and all Israel gathered themselves together and mourned for him, and buried him at his house at Ramah. Then David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. There was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel, and the man was very great. He had three thousand sheep and a thousand goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife Abigail. This woman was intelligent and had a beautiful face, but the man was surly and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. Tell him, Long life to you, peace be to you, peace be to your house, peace be to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers. Your shepherds have now been with us, and we didn't harm them. Nothing was missing from them all the time they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore let the young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a good day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. When David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal all those words in the name of David and waited. Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants who break away from their masters these days. Shall I then take my bread, my water, and my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to men who I don't know where they come from? So David's young men turned on their way and went back and came and told him all these words. David said to his men, Every man put on his sword. Every man put on his sword. David also put on his sword. About four hundred men followed David, and two hundred stayed by the baggage. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to greet our master, and he insulted them. But the men were very good to us, and we were not harmed, and we didn't miss anything as long as we went with them when we were in the fields. They were a wall to us both by night and by day, all the while we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what you will do, for evil is determined against our master and against all his house, for he is such a worthless fellow that one can't speak to him. Then Abigail hurried and took two hundred loaves of bread, two containers of wine, five sheep ready-dressed, five seahs of parched grain, one hundred clusters of raisins, and two hundred cakes of figs, and laid them on donkeys. She said to her young men, Go on before me, behold, I am coming after you. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal. 
As she rode on her donkey and came down by the covert of the mountain, that, behold, David and his men came down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained to him. He has returned me evil for good. God do so to the enemies of David, and more also, if I leave of all that belongs to him by the morning light so much as one who urinates on a wall. When Abigail saw David, she hurried and got off her donkey, and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, On me, my lord, on me be the blame. Please let your servant speak in your ears. Hear the words of your servant. Please don't let my lord pay attention to this worthless fellow Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your servant, didn't see my lord's young men whom you sent. Now therefore, my lord, as Yahweh lives, and as your soul lives, since Yahweh has withheld you from blood guiltiness and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now therefore let your enemies and those who seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. Now this present which your servant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your servant, for Yahweh will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fights Yahweh's battles. Evil will not be found in you all your days. Though men may rise up to pursue you and to seek your soul, yet the soul of my Lord will be bound in the bundle of life with Yahweh your God. He will sling out the souls of your enemies, as from the hollow of a sling. It will come to pass, when Yahweh has done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you, and has appointed you prince over Israel, that this shall be no grief to you, nor offense of heart to my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. When Yahweh has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your servant. David said to Abigail, Blessed is Yahweh, the God of Israel, who sent you today to meet me. Blessed is your discretion and blessed are you who have kept me today from blood guiltiness and from avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as Yahweh, the God of Israel, lives, who has withheld me from harming you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, surely there wouldn't have been left to Nabal by the morning light so much as one who urinates on a wall. So David received from her hand that which she had brought him. Then he said to her, Go up in peace to your house. Behold, I have listened to your voice and have granted your request. Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing until the morning light. In the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things, and his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. About ten days later, Yahweh struck Nabal so that he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed is Yahweh who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and has kept back his servant from evil. Yahweh has returned the evil doing of Nabal on his own head. David sent and spoke concerning Abigail to take her to himself as wife. When David's servants had come to Abigail to Carmel, they spoke to her, saying, 
David has sent us to you to take you to him as wife. She arose and bowed herself with her face to the earth and said, Behold, your servant is a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Abigail hurried and arose and rode on a donkey, with five ladies of hers who followed her, and she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Ahinoam of Jezreel, and they both became his wives. Now Saul had given Michal his daughter, David's wife, to Palti, the son of Laish, who was of Gollum. That is the end of chapter 25. I'd like to talk about two main things that I think will give us some insight into understanding how to put this chapter, this story in context. One is the idea of avenging himself, David avenging himself, and the other is the uh, topic of polygamy. Regarding David trying to avenge himself, let's consider a couple of things. Since Abigail knew that David was anointed king, as she talks about when she approaches him, undoubtedly Nabal did. Nabal probably also already knew that David and company had been guarding his shepherds and his livestock. And David's request appears to be very normal to ask for some sort of wages or compensation after the fact for giving such help. And David and his men were were hard up for getting supplies probably. But Nabal is trying to take advantage of the current political uh, outlay of the day, the current power structure to avoid paying them in a way that would be very appropriate. But this doesn't make David's response correct, as proven by what Abigail says and how David responds. In fact, if you look back at Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, it specifically says that the Israelites are not to avenge themselves. Now, this is different than the avenger of blood. If murder has occurred, that's a kind of justice that's different, but they are not supposed to hate their neighbor. They're supposed to even help their enemies. That's spelled out in Leviticus. If they see their animal um, hurt by the wayside, they're supposed to even help the animal of their enemy. Now, just in chapter 24, David was, in fact, leaving it to Yahweh to avenge him. He was not uh, taking vengeance himself on King Saul. And you can also look at Romans chapter 12, 19, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 6, and Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30 for New Testament references to the idea that Christians should not avenge themselves. So what does it mean to avenge? Well, I had a pretty good idea, but I looked it up so I could give you some specifics. It means to vindicate a right, to exact a penalty, or that which proceeds from justice. So the language here indicates, again, that David's request was just and right, but his reaction to it being denied and the insults were not correct. A couple of other details before we get into the idea of polygamy. It is interesting that such care is taken to note that Abigail was intelligent and beautiful. And while she presents herself very humbly to David, she obviously has a lot of power and position in her household that she can gather all of those things and take them like that. And then she's just going to tell her husband. She doesn't seem afraid when she goes to tell him. And regarding the idiom that is used, David says twice, one who urinates on a wall, that's just an idiom for a male. Also, the text indicates, and the note at the bottom of my Bible page verifies, that the word Nabal does mean foolish, which seems an awfully odd thing for someone to name their child. And the contrast between how cocky Nabal was when he was refusing David and his insulting words in order to save a little money 
compared to how he responded in fear that led to death when he heard David was going to come and kill him is, I guess, just more evidence that he was foolish because he knew what David could have done to him. I guess he was just counting on David being tolerant, like possibly stories had gotten around of how David had refused to kill Saul. So then right at the end of the chapter, we find out that David gets two more wives. It's pretty clear that his first wife is kind of basically divorced from him. And this brings up the issue of polygamy. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 14 through 17, it says that kings should not multiply wives, but it doesn't give a specific number. And we do know that God not only blessed some men who had multiple wives, but that he also made provisions for men to take on an extra wife, um, particularly when their brother died and left a wife childless. But we also know from what Jesus said about the book of Genesis and from Paul's teachings that the ideal that is supposed to be upheld by Christians is that they only have one wife. I'm going to link to a couple of articles that specifically cover this more thoroughly. But it seems to be the bottom line is that polygamy was certainly not optimal, but it was not thought of as sinful in and of itself. And as far as Abigail is concerned, I can't see how she wouldn't have thought it was an honor to marry David. And she probably didn't expect to be the only one, unfortunately, because that was the way of kings in that day and age. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 